Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to tell you what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many of the other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk to the doctor directly. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, as usual, we start every show with what's going on with COVID. And the news of the week was that Beaumont Hospital was shutting down beds and also they're, they're up to capacity with, uh, co with COVID admissions. What's your advice? Well, every story right now is being spun under the magnifying glass of non-vaccinated people. I mean, you mentioned yourself, we talk about this a lot on the Sunday show, which will air in a few days, that this whole thing is being presented as a, as a result of not people not being vaccinated. And it doesn't matter what you say or do on the news related to COVID, it's because unvaccinated people are the reason or the problem. And that just really isn't fair because even in an article, 30% of the people hospitalized have been vaccinated. So as the vaccinated population increases, there's going to be a higher percentage of vaccinated hospitalized people, just the nature. Well, I guess we should take Siobhan. You have a yeah, caller? Yeah, we just had a caller come in. So let's go to Sharon in Ann Arbor. Sharon, what's your question? Well, Thanks for asking that question, Sharon. It's a great question. So for not just carotid artery disease, but even for coronary artery disease, even if it's somewhat severe, for stable angina. Stable angina is people who have symptoms from exercise that it's predictable. That's stable angina. Medical management is considered equal to surgery. So surgery means having a stent or bypass. So I would call it average medical management is equal to surgery. Optimal medical management is, is better. So 65% doesn't mean you have to have surgery. It means you've got an opportunity to heal your arteries, stop them from getting worse, quiet down the inflammation, and make yourself stroke-proof. What would possible. you recommend is her next step? Well, the step is you need to get some imaging that identifies the layers of your artery wall. And we do that in our office. It's called the carotid intima media thickness test. And it measures the layers of the wall that you can identify and follow. So this is a number that you can follow year to year and assess the progress of a program that we apply. 
and that program would be personalized. So what I might do for you, Sharon, is something I would do different Siobhan or for Anne Marie. So you've got to identify all of your individual drivers of inflammation and address them aggressively because 65% is not far away from 80 in which case a surgeon's going to tell you to operate. Yeah, she might be going in the wrong direction. But while we're talking about the CIMT, which is a very necessary test that you've talked about a lot, Siobhan actually had that test done at your office. Tell us about what the experience was like today having the CIMT. Yeah, I mean, it was very calm and easy. You just get basically an ultrasound around the neck. She went on one side and then went on the other and took some images. And it was it was like a spa day. <laughs> <laughs> Without the massage. Without the massage. But yeah, I mean, no no pain, no discomfort. I mean... No injections, no, no injections, anything. No injections, no nothing. No, I mean, it was just like getting a simple ultrasound. It's easy, and it is a simple ultrasound. Not to be confused with a carotid Doppler, which a lot of listeners have had, and that's what listener Sharon just mentioned. She had her test done by a carotid Doppler. Carotid Doppler does not give you the information that you need to have to follow your progress like a CIMT. Okay. Let's, can we fit in a, another caller before yeah. this segment? Okay. Let's go to Steve now in Royal Oak. Steve, what's your question? Yes. You're, you're, yeah, you know, you're someone, absolutely, I understand. And so you should definitely get vaccinated because you're at high risk given that you have two cancers and you're under treatment. Your immune system is not ideal and you're a candidate for being vaccinated. And I even say you're a candidate for a booster when that time is optimal for you. And so right now that time is eight months from the second vaccine dose or eight months from the first dose if you get a Johnson. And literally you can get, they're, they're all over the place. It's not hard to get. No, it's not a question of availability. It's a question of do you want it? So that's what's nice about being in America right now is you can get a vaccine. There's other countries around the world that they can't get a vaccine for the life of them. Yeah, that's true. We're fortunate here that we've got all the vaccines available to us. And we ought to come back and talk a little bit more about the CIMT because it is one of the most important tests that you are doing in your journey for prevention for your patients that are coming in. They really need to know more about it, don't you think? It's absolutely the most important test that I do. And and everybody should be getting it. But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to cover that before we go on the break. So you're listening to a special live broadcast we're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Okay, so we're back on Facebook Live. We're on the air again at 719, so we've got about three minutes. So we'll talk about prevention, which is our favorite Sunday topic. I know, but I mean, I... Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And in the interest of time, because sometimes we get backed up with callers here, if you don't get through, please feel free to call 866-COLANDER. That's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. 
and you can follow up with the doctor directly. So coming back, Shavonda, we have callers? No, uh, well, actually, yeah, we do. We just got one come in. So we have now Nancy in Oxford. Nancy, what's your question? I was wondering, I recently had a heart cath, and it said that I had 40% blockage. But I have angina symptoms for off and on for the past couple of years. And I was wondering if it could be the carotid, because I noticed that I was traveling a couple of times, and I would be reading as we were driving, and I would have an angina attack. And I'm wondering if that could have something to do with the carotid artery. Well, when you say angina, what does that mean? I'm going to ask you, what is that? What are you, what symptoms are you having? I get pressure in my chest. I have had different symptoms. Once I, the last time, I was looking down for several hours driving home. Well, I wasn't driving, but I was driving home. And I had a pain that ran across my jaw, and I felt like I had water in my right ear. So they did do a heart cath after that, and they said it was only 40% blockage, so that wasn't it. But then shortly after the heart cath, I had a similar thing happen again. Again, I was looking down for a long period of time. Well, a couple things going on there. Number one is you have blockage. You have plaque, which means you need to take a very aggressive preventive approach. Um, Not to say, oh, you got plaque, but it's not enough to cause you symptoms or need a surgery. That's basically what you were told. You were screened for surgery. You were deemed not blocked enough to have surgery, and you're saying goodbye. That's not our problem. The second problem is, second issue is, women tend to have more microvascular disease. So that means women get more artery block up in the arteries that a stent can't reach and the arteriograms can't see. So you need additional testing. Again, it's just blood work. It's not like some you have to go get an MRI or some major PET scan, although PET scans and MRI can help identify microvascular disease. There's blood work that measures that. And taking an aggressive preventive approach of all the things that we do, again, sleep, oral health, genetics, insulin resistance, um, vitamins, and all that can help improve your you know, symptoms. But um, so that needs to be looked at from a cardiovascular point of view. And it never, again, the way we identify risk is by looking at the carotids because you can see the layers of the artery very clearly there. You know, I'm just wondering about a patient like this. Why is she not being shepherded through the system? I mean, shes I feel as though she's just left to be, be out in the green out there well, with she nobody is. shepherding. I know, right. Well, but that's, that's health care, which is, okay, you had a symptom warranting a cath, which, you know, she really had angina symptoms, and they did the cath, and she has blockage. She has plaque. She has disease, but not enough to warrant a surgery. You know, so they're not going to stent you or have a bypass unless you're 70% or more. So what do they do? Goodbye. That's not our problem. It's not your heart. Well, what are you going to do about the plaque that's built up that they found? Nothing. Come back. What they're basically told her is come back when we can operate. What they don't tell you is you might die before then because we're not going to do anything to stop your plaque from happening. So nothing's being done about that at all. This is pathetic. This is absolutely pathetic that there are people like that out there that are just being left out to graze until they have another serious incident. You know, I think we should, we just, I want to sound like we're not hiding from anybody. We did get a, an angry response 
So Siobhan, from our last caller, not this one on Facebook. So I just wanted to let people know we're not hiding from, you know, people trying to call us out or me. Go ahead. Would you like me to read? With yeah, those? please. So, yeah, we had a comment that, uh, that came in um, based on one of the previous calls that came in. Someone here says, immortal uh, cell lines from human fetal tissue is still used. They grow new cells from old and no new fetus tissue is used, but it's human cell line and once injected into your body, tries to kill it, but is now part of your body. Not sure well, I understand well, completely right. what he's saying. And but So that is accurate when it comes to stem cell studies. Um, and not necessarily accurate when it comes to the vaccine. And, and apparently we are talking to someone who we didn't put their name up, but they're um, against vaccination. I would just hope if you're going to take that stance of not wanting vaccines, I, you know, that's your choice. Um, just make sure that you're taking care of your body in every possible way so that if you get COVID, you're best, uh, in best shape to, take, to prevent it and to, to fight it off. Well, what's difficult here is, I mean, people are searching out and finding resources and articles that, you know, perhaps maybe if you're not well-versed in reading scientific articles or having the medical background, I I imagine it could be confusing. Oh, it's impossible. It's impossible. If you're a lay person and you're looking for trouble, you're going to find it. And it goes both ways. This is, again, healthcare is a bipartisan issue. Um, I'm skeptical of the government and I'm skeptical of people who are, you know, I'm going to say misinforming people who are have ideas about the vaccine that are inaccurate. So I don't like any of this stuff. You know, this massive paranoia that's out there is ridiculous. And I think from now on, when you're going, going to be addressing some of these statements, I think we need to be asking these callers, where'd you get your PhD in biochemistry? Just so that we know that you're qualified to talk about this, because otherwise somebody who's calling in or who's sending a comment and that says, oh, yes. You know, this is coming from human fetal tissue, whatever. There's, you know, a million and a half people listening to the show. They're listening all over the well, world. Well, and again... And that is just not true. And so, you no. know what, from now on, let's ask them, where did you get your PhD in biochemistry? Well, the time on the show is valuable for us and for the listeners. So we don't really have time to entertain what I'm going to call just non-science. So, right. So I wanted to say that, look, we're not hiding from anybody, but at the same time, we don't have time to address nonsense. And so again, we're not, you know, I'm just as, I'm just as skeptical and angry about the FDA as I am about someone putting out, you know, nonsense. Um, there's enough real things to be concerned about that are happening than to worry about that. Like, you know, are you getting fetal tissue injected or is there metal tracers being put in the vaccine? So there's enough real problems to be concerned about. Like, how, real, yeah, real problems, like as we discussed in the news today about Beaumont cutting down on their hospital beds. And well, being, uh, they're all eight hospitals running out of space to see COVID patients. I mean, I worry about that no one's talking about uh, what's happening on the Verse, Verisa website, which is a vaccine adverse event uh, response site. Where, so there's so many problems being reported about vaccine uh, injuries that are just not being addressed by our government. So I don't know how many of those are real or not, but if you have questions about whether or not you should be vaccinated, you should be hearing from the government what the breakdown of those, you know, of those remarks are. Okay, I disagree with you 100%. <laughs> the, the, the average listener 
has no access to the government, but I'll tell you who they do have access to. They have access to you. And you're an MD, you're a board-certified MD. Not that I'm tooting your horn here, but I'm just saying, as a doctor, you are giving them your best advi advice on how they can continue to stay alive, not be in a ventilator. You know, this, it doesn't matter what Fauci says. It doesn't matter what the government says. We have no access to the government. We can't, we, we can't control what the government does, but we can control good or bad advice. Well, hopefully good advice from a doctor who's trying to keep you alive. That's the nicest thing you've ever said. <laughs> well, <laughs> Indeed no, it this, is. No, this is really, I feel sorry for the listeners out there. I feel sorry for the number of people who are stuck in their houses. And it's just a, a real shame. In the meantime, we'll have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation in downtown Birmingham. If you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight, and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases we've come to accept as inevitable. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Since we were at the last segment, Siobhan, I'll pass it over to you. You've got a caller? Yeah, so we have David on the line in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, the question is for Dr. Whatever's, whatever's last name is. Colander, Colander, get it. Learn it. Yeah. <laughs> Learn it well. Anyway, anyway, here in Canada, they're about to Im implement the vaccine passports everywhere you go. Otherwise, you won't be allowed to go anywhere. What is the point of that if, you can't, if you're not really sure of how, the, how you're going to react to the vaccine and how is your body going to react to it? And because many people have different body mechanisms, because if we had the, the same body mechanism, it would, all, it would all be no challenge of all. Not everybody can tolerate the shots. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to answer your question. So we just were talking about this during our Facebook Live segment off the air. And the problem with the mandate is that the mandate was given power by the FDA approving uh, Comirnaty which is the twin to the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The problem I have, which changed my whole feeling about the vaccines, period, is that the community vaccine has a black box warning, yet the Pfizer-BioNTech that still has emergency use approval, despite uh, an approved version available, although it's not really available, that one is free to use and safe and can be used under emergency use without any repercussions to the company or whoever's prescribing it. So really, there's a black box warning on this Pfizer vaccine, yet they mandated vaccines based on the approval. It's like a shell game, and that's a real problem for me. And I don't know why this, I am like feel like I watch the news and no one's talking about this. To me, this is the biggest, a huge cover-up, an intentional misdirection by the FDA and the government to confuse us. 
And the, I have a real problem with this. And now they're making, they're approving the mandate because of that approval, the FDA approval of another vaccine that has a black box warning, but it's okay because you can't get it. You can get this other one. I mean, it just, it, it's, it blows my mind that this is, this is a, I don't want to get, again, I don't want to get conspiratorial, but this is a control move by the government, very shady. And so I, this is where I go off on, and, and, and you really got to reconsider who should get a vaccine. It should be handled on an individual basis. No business mandating a vaccine that if you're under 30 can cause myocarditis. Well, I have a solution to all of the above. So I'm just here to tell you that people cannot do anything about the government. They cannot. I said this on the last segment. But what they can do is go to their doctor and talk to their doctor about it. And they need to go to a doctor like you who has that broad spectrum of vision as to how they can handle their overall health. But I can't do anything about the government either. And I can't agree with someone who's got concerns about a vaccine and tell them, oh, don't do it. And they're going to lose their job, lose their ability to travel. But you're not telling them not to do it. You're, you're an advocate for vaccine. I am under circumstances now because now I'm not sure why they man, why they approved a vaccine that has a black box warning but the sister version of it is available under emergency use. It doesn't make sense to me. So now I'm not sure someone under 30 anymore should get a vaccine when there's a real risk of myocarditis. It says so on the warning of the vaccine they approved. What is it that changes at 30 that that risk is It's diminished? really 40, but I'm lowering it to 30 okay. in my, and on, the, on the air. They okay. say it's under 40. So, and and... The reality is if you're under 40 or even under 50, your risk of dying from COVID is minuscule. And I mean minuscule. If you're over 70 or have comorbidities, all the things we talk about, the people call on the show, you need to get vaccinated because you've got other issues that impair your immune system and impair your ability to fight off illness. So you should get vaccinated. And what I worry about is the people that don't know that they're sick. The people walking around with, Never, you know, have decent cholesterol. They're not under any treatment. They have insulin resistance. They're time bombs that have no idea. They're the ones that are, that's a gap there of people that don't know. Well, then there's the answer. So obviously all the people that are out there that are wondering, should they get vaccinated? Should they not get vaccinated? They need to get in with a doctor like yourself who's going to take a deep look at what's going on in their system, whether or not they have these pre-existing conditions, comorbidities, inflammation, whatever. Because they may not know from their ordinary PCP that they've been going to see once a year, once every five years. And, and I, that's, I agree with you, which is you need to know a lot more about your health to make this kind of decision, especially now. Now, whether or not you want to you know, be stuck in the U.S. working or not working because you're choosing or not choosing a vaccine, that's your choice. But I can help identify your risk of having an adverse event from COVID. Like you say, I really had nobody in the practice have a problem because they're playing, they're walking the walk. Okay, we just had a caller come through. Let's try and get him in before the end. Uh, We have Dennis from Rochester on the line. Dennis, what's your question? Yeah, it's it's not so much a question as it is a comment. You know, the the problem with trust, right, and it, it we've been taught to to trust our doctors and 
Uh, I do. I, I trust my primary care physician. Um, but then this whole thing became political, and you had doctors in consultation with their patient, and they say, well, you know what? I'll give you hydroxychloroquine. I'll give you ivermectin. I'll give you bunesidide, you know, whatever. But then you had politicos trying to get these board-certified credentialed doctors fired from their job. And it's like, since when can the governor of the state of Michigan turn to Lara and say, you know what, if, if you're a doctor and you prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, I want the pharmacist to rat you out and we're going to go after your licensure. I mean, this is, this is why nobody trusts anybody anymore. Because well, it's a, a thanks for calling. It's a real shame, um, and this is again. I it's this that's a whole other show we could spend a show on the the, the media um, takeover of all this. And um, you know, I know that happened a while ago. And, and again, so when my patients get sick, I ask them to get a swab to prove they have COVID. And once you have COVID, then you can have these prescriptions done. But you cannot write those drugs for somebody that does not actively have COVID. And I don't have a problem with that. That I actually do not have a problem. I don't want to give those drugs to someone who that I do not know for sure has it. So actually that's okay with me. So that's your, when, when somebody suspects they have COVID and they call you and come to your practice, the first thing you're doing get is get tested, getting tested, find out whether or not they're positive. If well, they're positive, I want to know what I'm treating all day. That's the same thing. I want to know what I'm treating. I want to treat the right thing. But but also, let's come back to the beginning of the story. People need to get attached to a doctor like yourself that's going to take a deep dive and see what's going on with your health in general and who specializes in prevention. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate. Take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Thursday at 7, Sunday at 3 p.m. for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR.